TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. EGIF Scoop Podcast Faithful. It is episode 214 on this Friday, the 22nd of March here on Score North. Scorenorth.com, 1500 AM on your conventional radio dial. Score, by the way, S-K-O-R. We are here every Friday night during the 6 o'clock hour. We also do at least one, if not multiple, other episodes per week. The Scoop Podcast has been going on now three years strong. And for the first time in Scoop Podcast history, we can talk about the Gophers men's basketball team advancing to the round of... 32. It truly is pathetic. Something I've talked about at length on just the podcast, not necessarily here on 1500 AM, but it is truly pathetic that the Gophers since the 1997 Final Four run, which we get it, academic fraud, that is erased from history, erased from the record books. But hey, the hangovers I had back then, the memories I have from back then, those were legit. And in terms of memories, those are still legit. But regardless of how you view 1997, they did that by cheating. But regardless of how you view 1997, post-1997, going back many, many years, I mean, think about it, 1997 was a long time ago, only one Gophers team to be Smith in 2012 won an NCAA tournament game. They beat Shabazz Muhammad in UCLA late on a Friday night, then lost to Florida on Sunday in the round of 32. Then a few days later, Tubby Smith was fired. So what Richard Pitino and the Gophers did on Thursday was pretty historic when you talk about how low a bar has been set by the Gophers going back many, many years when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So it's the Gophers now in the round of 32. They get Michigan State on Saturday night. Tomorrow night, about 6.45, 6.50 in the evening, locally on TV, CBS. So Gophers, Michigan State in the round of 32. If you're curious why two Big Ten teams can meet in the round of 32. It's because the Gophers and Michigan State only met once in the regular season. So take a team they met twice, Wisconsin, for example. The Gophers could not be matched up against Wisconsin in the second round, or I guess, what is it called? I mean, I guess those opening games, Tuesday, Wednesday, in Dayton are technically opening round games. Let's call it the round of 32. So hypothetically, the Gophers could not meet Wisconsin or any other team they met twice in the regular season. I hate it. I'll admit I don't like two Big Ten teams meeting in the round of 32. I can accept Sweet 16, but I just don't like it. Two Big Ten teams, two teams from any conference meeting in the round of 32. But it is what it is. I'll tell you this much. I'd rather play Michigan State than, say, Gonzaga or Duke or Tennessee or any number of one and two seeds, North Carolina. So from that standpoint, heck, even Michigan, I just think Michigan is a horrible matchup for the Gophers. So from that standpoint, hey, if the Gophers can make some threes, if they don't turn the ball over like they didn't turn it over against Louisville, hey, maybe they will shock us. Maybe they will move on to the East Region semifinals, the Sweet 16, one week from tonight in Washington, D.C. But for the meantime, let's look ahead to tomorrow's game against Michigan State. Let's review the win over Louisville. Speaking of 1997, the starting point guard on the 1997 Gophers team is Eric Harris. He now makes his full-time residence here in the Twin Cities. He follows the Gophers passionately, religiously. He goes to practices. He goes to just about every game that he can make. He watched intently the win over Louisville, and he'll be watching intently tomorrow night. So let's catch up with Eric Harris, get his thoughts on the Gophers. Eric, thanks for catching up. You were on the podcast earlier this week giving great analysis, previewing Thursday's game against Louisville. All right, let's review the game. I mean, I guess if you just look at the final score, if you didn't watch the game, you thought, oh, maybe a relatively close game, right? Ten points. 
But no, right? I mean, the Gophers won that game rather easily. How impressed were you by that Gophers effort? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I was very impressed, and it all goes back to what we talked about, the mentality. When they come out with that focus and discipline, that winning mentality, they can beat anybody, in my opinion, in the country. They they had that mentality against Louisville, and, you know, Amir was aggressive, and it always gets back to him locking in and being aggressive. So I was impressed. They have short-term memories, don't they? I mean, you look at it. I mean, what was it? I mean, both teams struggled early. I mean, maybe it was just, you know, first game nerves, first game of the tournament mm-hmm. nerves. But what were the Gophers? Was it like one for 11, one for 10 on their first 10 or 11 or 12 three-point shots? I mean, point is, I mean, among their first handful of three-point shots, they were not making those three-point shots, but they kept going back to the three-point shot, Eric. And the three-pointer is an amazing thing, right? And when the Gophers make 11 three-pointers, best of luck to anybody, just about anybody in the country beating them. Yes, because as we have seen and heard, the their Achilles heel is, you know, the three ball and outside shooting. So mm-hmm. when they're making shots, that just fuels their confidence. Whereas the 97 team, our defense dictated everything else that we did. We were predicated on defense. But when they, the current version, when they make shots, that just, their confidence just gets bigger and bigger and they play with, you know, edge. I mean, I suppose, though, to think that the Gophers tomorrow against Michigan State tomorrow night can make double-digit three-pointers, can somehow not turn the ball over for about a 26-minute stretch. I think that's what it was against Louisville. It was about a 26-minute stretch where the Gophers did not turn the ball over. I suppose, I mean, that's that's once in 100 games, right? Like, a Gophers fan cannot just go into tomorrow and say, okay, the Gophers are going to make double-digit threes, and they're not going to turn the ball over. That was just so atypical. Well, you know... Coach is on his brand of basketball, playing against any Michigan State team. You know they're going to defend the hell out of the ball. They're going to be fundamentally sound defensively. They're going to talk. You know, so you must take care of the ball against Michigan State. If you have a 15-20 turnover game, you're going to lose. So you must take care of the ball. Now, I didn't know what the turnover numbers were yesterday, but obviously they did a great job. Did you like how the Gophers defended on Thursday? They defended. They got after it. Everybody mm-hmm. competed. Each each player from, you know, the first man to the ninth, tenth man, however many players they played yesterday, they they defended. They came they came with that edge, and you have to be sound defensively. You know, Michigan State executes offensively as well, so you have to do both things: offensively take care of the ball, and defensively you have to be sound for forty minutes. I mean, you talk about, you know, using whatever it was, 9 or 10. I don't think it was that much, right? I mean, Michael Hurt was used a little bit. Brock Stahl was used a little bit. The Gophers bench did not contribute one point. But I suppose as long as Amir Coffey, Jordan Murphy, Gabe Kausher, who will draw the assignment of Cassius Winston, the Big Ten Player of the Year tomorrow, as long as those three guys in particular stay out of foul trouble, Daniel Oturu too, especially if Matt Stockman can't go again, still dealing with concussion-like symptoms. But I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. as long as the Gophers can stay out of foul trouble, I guess you really don't need many contributions from the bench. Well, you know, you never know what's going to happen in terms of foul trouble or injury. So, you know, those guys, they're doing a hell of a job. Amir's playing a lot of minutes. Jordan Murphy, like, Dupree is playing a lot. They're playing a lot of minutes. So just hope that they can continue to be efficient and be effective logging those minutes. Can you recall the February 9th game in East Lansing? That was the 40-year anniversary of the Magic Johnson Michigan State team 
that won the national championship. Magic Johnson talked to the Spartans pregame, fired them up. That team was honored at the half. The building was electric. Michigan State won by 24 points. Amir Coffey struggled mm-hmm. that day. Jordan Murphy struggled that day. Do you recall that game from early February when the Gophers just had no chance against the Spartans? I didn't see the whole game. I saw bits and pieces of it, but Michigan State at home, their crowd and how jacked up that that university is when they play at home, it's unbelievable. You know, there's no other site like it. It's one of the best places to play on the road in college basketball. So you have to try to keep the crowd out of the game. And, you know, if you're turning the ball over, you're, you're not making shots, you're just snowballs. So that was a bad loss for the Gophers. But, hey, score zero zero now you have a new opportunity to come out and play the brand of basketball that has given you success this season so it's going to be a huge test but you know you have to feel good about the way they came out against louisville agree i mean it's not like it's david versus goliath i mean michigan state lost to indiana twice during Mm -hmm. the regular season i mean i actually don't mind this matchup of all the possible matchups now if i was michigan state i'm still mad that i'm the two seed in the same region where Duke is the one. But I'm just saying, of all the possible matchups, like I thought the Gophers should have been a nine seed, but now that they got past that first game, I'm thinking, you know what, I'd rather be a 10 matched up against Michigan State than, say, North Carolina, Gonzaga, Duke, or Virginia, or even Tennessee. I don't think Michigan is a real good matchup for the Gophers. So, like, to me, of all the possibilities of opponents here in the round of 32, I'm actually okay because I'm with you. I think the Breslin Center is just it's it's a house of horrors right i mean it's it's house of pain it is a really tough place to play but heck if if anybody has the crowd on their side tomorrow in des moines i think it might be the gophers eric i mean i don't know about you but i know a ton of people making the drive tomorrow especially with the game tipping off 6 30 6 45 i mean people can get some stuff done here in the cities in the morning hit the road by 12 1 even 2 o'clock and you're easily there by tip off i mean so i think i think it's going to be a very pro gophers crowd tomorrow of course, I call the Gopher fans the great Golden Gopher fans. Like, they showed up yesterday tremendously. Watching it on TV, you could just feel the energy and the passion coming through the TV. So they were huge in terms of supporting the guys, and they need to be even better against Michigan State. But, you know, Cassius Winston, he quarterbacks that ball club so well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a general out there. And they're bigs, bang the balls. They just have a lot of big guys, so – Rebounding is another crucial area. You have to control the boards, and the Gophers did a good job of that. Last game, I told you, the guards, I forget, I think Gabe had eight, and Dupree had like five or six, so everyone has to gang rebound against a team like Michigan State. Boy, it would be nice. I mean, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of positive momentum on Mott Stockman playing, but if you ever wanted to have Mott Stockman, you might want him for like eight, nine, ten minutes against Michigan State because you're right. I mean, Ward, Tillman, I mean, I think Tillman – has a nice NBA future. You know, Goins is is physical enough, really good player, experienced player. He's not going to score a lot. But, I mean, they have some guys in that front court. So I am worried. I mean, I am really worried, way more so than against Louisville in terms of Oturu and Murphy and those guys being able to stay out of foul trouble. Yes, but Daniel, he's just playing tremendously right now. His knack for scoring around a basket. He's not afraid. The freshmen are not afraid, and they're contributing contributing so well, Gabe. So they just have to keep it up, and everybody has to do their part. But it starts defensively, and everything else is going to happen from there. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun, and I can't wait to watch it. Take us back to your 1997 team, Eric Harris. 
And what was it like after you guys won that first game? Now, hey, you guys were a one seed. That was the expectation. But what was that buildup like heading into that round of 32 game? Well, you can never sleep on your opponent. That's what makes the tournament so special. It's a one-and-done format. So if you let a team build confidence and momentum, it's going to be a long night. After that first game, Temple, you know, they had the legendary, like, zone defense that they played um, with Coach Chaney. And, you know, they shut teams down. It was hard for teams to score against them. So we just practiced leading up to that game on how to attack their zone and make them pay you know, from many different angles. So that was a tough game, and we, we came out and handled business. From a psychological standpoint, mental standpoint, is there almost a weight lifted after that first game? I mean, there are so many nerves heading into that first game. Like, if you're Amir Coffee, if you're Jordan Murphy, you know, if you're Dupree McBrayer, I mean, go up and down the list. I mean, this is uncharted territory heading into mm-hmm. a round of 32 game. But is it almost like there's this weight lifted off of those guys after winning that first game? Yes, because I don't remember if it was you or somebody else mentioned to me how long the drought was from the time we made our run. And I think Coach Smith, Tubby Smith, was the next coach to get a win. And then after that, it's just been a drought. So, you know, I just felt good for them to, like you said, get that weight lifted off their shoulders. And now, you know, they're going to be the underdogs against Michigan State. So you really have nothing to lose. You just have to go out there, play hard, and compete. And I think if they do that, they'll give themselves a chance to win going down the stretch. And with the tournament, anything can happen. So they just have to come out with that edge and that mentality, and I'm quite sure they'll be ready. How do you evaluate the job that Coach Richard Patino did against Louisville? I mean, there's one player in particular. Gabe Kausher got a wide-open look at a three off an out-of-bounds play. I mean, I just I thought that was a brilliant play. I mean, it just it seemed like mm-hmm. Patino pushed all the right buttons on Thursday. The game plan was a great game game plan. They came out and executed. I mean, you can be Phil Jackson, but if players don't execute, then, you know, it doesn't get done. So the players did a great job of executing the game plan, and, you know, Coach Patino did a great job. How do you overall evaluate the job that Richard Patino has done? I mean, if you look at his Big Ten record here through six years, I mean, let's not beat around the bush, right? I mean, it's pathetic. It really is really really bad but two of the last three years he gets to the ncaa tournament i mean it's not like the bar is real high i mean outside of you guys and we all know because of some off the court issues technically your guys's run doesn't even exist in the history books which that's mm-hmm. another topic but you know i mean outside of your guys's run in 1997 you know the 89 and 90 teams had some success you know going back to richard coffee willie burton those guys mm-hmm. but i mean we have to go way back for that run otherwise it's a lot of one and done you know so the fact that patino has done something that others really haven't i mean he won an ncaa tournament game right dan munson can't say he did that i mean others can't say that they had ncaa tournament success or at least won a game i mean i guess going way back you know the dutchers of the world and what have you but the point is the bar is pretty darn low when it comes to expectations for the gophers so the fact that patino won an ncaa tournament game is pretty monumental all things considered (laughs) Well, before I answer that question, you mentioned the name. You mentioned Willie Burton. And I must say, myself and Richard Coffey, I interviewed Richard Coffey on the Golden Dunkers Live podcast. Yeah, Richard and is we great. we both guy. agree that it's time for Willie Burton's jersey oh, to be hung from the raft. Yeah, well, I mean, Rashawn like, Leonard, too, Eric. We have to, yes, yeah, fans, and Bobby. We have to get on that. But a lot of guys. But Willie Burton is the first that has to get on that list. So I just want to put that into the universe. Well, that's fine. 
I'll tell you that maybe it's my bias from being at the the height of my fandom in the mid-90s. To me, it's Vashon Leonard, the all-time leading scorer in Gophers history, although if you open up the record books, Vashon Leonard is is nowhere to be found. But to me, Vashon needs to go up there first. But you can sell me on Willie because Willie <laughs> would be second. Deserves it. Vo, hey, Vo was, Vo was, it was a great player, phenomenal talent. He deserves it as well. Yeah, I mean, you were teammates with Vo one year? For one year, yeah. yes. So, okay, so for me, it's Vashon 1, Burton 2, and then Bobby 3. You know, then Jordan Murphy belongs up there as well. So, yeah, I mean, they have okay. they have some work to do. I just don't know, though, right, Eric, because of, because of the academic scandal. I just don't know if we'll ever get to that point where Bobby, where Willie, where Vashon can get up there. Uh, man, it's unfortunate because, you know, it's, they deserve it. They deserve it. You can say what you want about our run, but people, you can't take away those memories and those emotions. So everyone knows what that situation is. But in terms of the players and the and what they contributed on a night in and night out basis, and you know, produced and gave so much to the university, I think they deserve to get their uniforms on right. the rafters. Before I let you go, Eric, just a little bit more analysis on tomorrow. I mean, Gabe will be on Winston. I mean, how do you stop McQuaid from popping up in the corner there and getting those wide-open three looks? Because he is money. He is a great three-point shooter. Then talking about Goins, Ward, Tillman. You know, they have some guys plus the freshman Henry that Tom Izzo melted down on, but he's a good player. I mean, they have some guys. I mean, Michigan State is going to be a very, very tough opponent for the Gophers. Yes, what I saw last game, uh, an adjustment Coach Patino made, he pressed a little bit three-quarter court. Mm-hmm. He had a, a mare at the top of it. And against a team like Michigan State, you have to switch up defenses. So obviously you have to go, man, but you have to show a little pressure at some point. You just have to be able to switch things up defensively. And, you know, they did a great job of doing that. So you have to do the same thing against Michigan State. But obviously, to me, the talent level is a little bit better. But we'll see. As long as, like I said, it, it starts with Amir, as long as they come out um, aggressive and with that force and that intensity, they'll they'll have a chance to win that game. I mean, to me, don't turn the ball over. I mean, that's not a wild, you know, expectation. I mean, I'm not expecting them to make 11 three-pointers again. I mean, among Power 6 conference teams, but I mean, they were last them. in May. You have threes. to shoot them. You have to take those shots. If they're there, you have to take them. You do, but I'm just not expecting. The results. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not expecting, not expecting them to make... Uh, double-digit threes again, but I can't expect them to not turn the ball over at a high rate. I can't expect them to get to the free-throw line like they have. And my hope is they've been way better of late of not fouling. Now, there is some subjectivity there, depending on the officials and how the officials want to blow the whistle. But to me, if they can stay out of foul trouble, not turn the ball over at a high rate, and get to the free-throw line, even though they're not a great free-throw shooting team, although that's been better the last couple weeks... I think they do have a chance. I'm not expecting them to win, but I think if they do those three things, they'll be right there in the game. Yes, sir. I agree with you. All right, Eric. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and we'll catch up soon, okay? Thank you so much. Former Gophers guard Eric Harris went to two NCAA tournaments, including helping lead the Gophers to the Final Four in 1997. That backcourt, Eric Harris and Bobby Jackson, was incredibly special. Clem Haskins to this day swears if Eric Harris didn't bang up his shoulder, that the Gophers could have won a national championship that year. Could have won against Kentucky in the Final Four, then won against Arizona for the national title. When we come back, we'll keep the basketball dialogue going. Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy gives us a recruiting update and much more. Stay with us. It's the Scoop Podcast on Score North. 
Welcome back to the Scoop Podcast on Score North, scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R. It is 1500 a.m. on your conventional radio dial. We are with you every Friday night from 6 to 7. The Scoop Podcast has been going on now for three years strong. This is episode 214. Before we get to Jalen Suggs, some basketball notes on the Wolves. Thank you for finally acknowledging that Robert Covington had a setback. It's been known for some time. I'm not even quite sure. It's technically a bone bruise. It's a little bit more than that, and it swelled up on a flight recently. But I'm just telling you, post-All-Star break, he went home, or at least home base, to Nashville. He was working out with his guys. He was set to come back. I mean, he went to the Iowa Wolves. All signs were pointing to Robert Covington returning late February or early March. Now he's done for the season. I'm just glad the Wolves finally, after so long, I don't get why they couldn't be transparent Many, many weeks ago, in fact, Ryan Saunders wouldn't even call it a setback. And heck, I think Ryan, if he could, he would have called it a setback. It was those above him who advised otherwise. Those above him should be changing at some point next month. Scott Layden, dead man walking as general manager. Continue to hear that Milt Newton and Calvin Booth are interested in the job. Both guys have relationships with Ryan Saunders. So it would be a seamless transition because I think Ryan will be back as the full-time head coach. So whoever you bring in to run the front office needs to have good synergy, a good relationship with the head coach. Ryan Saunders has a good relationship with both Milt Newton and Calvin Booth. Both guys used to work for the Wolves. Milt Newton now in the Bucks front office, Calvin Booth in the Nuggets front office. On Gophers men's basketball, Jeff Goodman of Stadium TV reports that Louisiana Tech sophomore forward Anthony Duraji has heard from the Gophers. He is transferring he is a double-digit scorer. Would he be able to get a waiver to play immediately? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Who knows what the NCAA is thinking with granting those immediate waivers to play. I also saw the note that Vandy has fired its coach, Scott Drew. Vandy has a recruit, Austin Crowley, from Sunrise Christian Academy. Well, Kyle Linstead, who's an assistant coach for the Gophers, used to coach at Sunrise Christian. Ed Conroy, who's an assistant coach with the Gophers, has a son that coaches now at Sunrise Christian. He's an assistant coach. So at some point, that Sunrise Christian Academy connection will benefit the Gophers. It remains to be seen whether Austin Crowley reopens his recruitment. Plus, there's Grant Sherfield, who did, who visited for the Purdue game on March 5th. Grant was a UCLA signee, but he got out of his national letter of intent when Steve Alford was fired. The Gophers have multiple scholarships to play with. When it comes to next year's team, it will be interesting after the Gopher season ends. Heck, we're all rooting for them to move past Michigan State, to move on to the Sweet 16. But if they don't, things could happen relatively quickly. I see at least one transfer, if not a couple transfers. Plus, Richard Coffey, who was on the podcast earlier this week, said, hey, Amir is going to test NBA waters. What would it take for Amir to go pro to forego his senior year at the U, although he's close enough to his degree, he'd get it next year, where you have to weigh those two things. Do I come back for my senior year, get my degree, see if I can help my draft stock, or is my draft stock not going anywhere? Would it make sense to fast-forward my pro career and get that boat going? So Amir Coffey's situation will be worth monitoring, but no doubt, based on what Richard Coffey said on this podcast a few days ago, that Amir Coffey is going to test NBA draft waters. All right, let's get to Jalen Suggs, Mini Haha Academy Junior. He won a football championship as a quarterback in November for the co-op that Mini Haha Academy is a part of. He has football offers from Ohio State, from Georgia, from PJ Fleck and the Gophers, from Iowa State, from others. He is highly, highly, highly coveted as a quarterback 
and defensive back, but he's also one of the 10 best players in the country in the class of 2020. Heck, speaking of the NBA, Jalen Suggs has an NBA future. He's going for a third straight basketball state championship this weekend. I was over at Minnehaha Academy earlier this week to catch up with Jalen on his legacy, ongoing for yet another basketball championship on the football championship he won in November, plus where things stand on recruiting. Here's my conversation with Jalen Suggs. Let's start, Jalen. I was here, you might remember, mid-August, first day of football practice. Mm -hmm. You were on crutches. Yeah. I mean, how much of a whirlwind has it been? Think about back to then. You get back, you play football, you win a state championship. Mm -hmm. Then what was it, two days later, three days later, basketball practice starts, and now fast forward, and here you are with a chance to play for yet another state championship. Mm. How much of a whirlwind has the last, what, five, six months been? Um, it's definitely been a journey, um, something that's truly indescribable. Um, going from being hurt where I thought it was going to be months um, to where it only happened, uh, uh, played out to be about two or three, um, and then to being back on the football field, missing a couple games, and pretty uh, unsure about myself, you know, not really wanting to re-injure it, um, but like I said, football season went well, won the state championship, uh, proud of my brothers, that was, that was a good time, and then on to the basketball court now, we're having a great season, um, two losses, but to a good Hopkins team, um, like I said, uh, it's been a great journey, I've had a lot of fun, and i uh, hoping to end it off the right way this year. Remind us what the injury was, because you thought it would be more than two or three months? Yeah, I thought it would be a long time. Uh, I saw a specialist down in Las Vegas while we were there, and uh, he said it has something to do with my meniscus. So instantly I thought, torn meniscus, I'm going to be out for a super long time, don't know about football, uh, high school basketball being questioned. Uh, but it was just a fractured tibia, um, and then I sprained a couple uh, couple muscles in my knee, like LCL, MCL. So. We were talking to Coach. He said he's used the word legacy with you, with the team. Have you thought about your legacy? I mean, how rare it would be in the same school year, right? Mm-hmm. To win a football championship and to win a basketball championship? Yeah, I've thought about it a little bit. It sounds pretty good. Uh, just to have that uh, under my name and something that I've done, uh, it does sound pretty cool. Um, but like I said, we got to go accomplish it first. Um, definitely, we don't have anything locked up or secured yet. So uh, we're just ready to get started. Uh, go ahead on Wednesday. Uh, handle business and uh, go get this ring. You know what the feeling is like, though. I mean, you have secured a state basketball championship. Mm -hmm. In fact, you've secured a couple. What's that feeling like to hoist that state championship trophy? Nothing like it. Uh, Like I said, journey. Uh, The the whole season is a journey with your brothers. Uh, You go through so much. Uh, This year we've gone through a lot of ups and downs. We had a couple injuries, uh, a couple tough losses, a lot of adversity. and to be able to, at the end of this season, be able to do it again three times uh, for the last time in 2A for a while, um, it would be extremely cool. How much have you matured this year? So much. Uh, so much. The, 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 injury, the injury taught me so much more about myself outside of sports than I could even relate to you guys. Um, taught me so much about myself, um, just perseverance. Um, there's so many things outside of sports, uh, you know, that you don't really get to see, you know, while you're playing. But sitting back and just watching guys play, you know, helping the coaches coach, um, it just gave me a whole new aspect that I could add to my game uh, that I think has helped me improve. And uh, like I said, got me to where I am right now. How much have you matured on the court? I mean, you're scoring a lot more this year than last year, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, I, I've definitely matured a lot. Uh, you know, when when Terry brought the news that he was leaving, uh, that was definitely tough to tough to hear, tough to take in. Uh, but I talked to my dad later on that night, and he told me like, "You're gonna have to have a bigger role this year. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to score more. You're gonna have to, you know, kind of take on the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, and guard some bigs." Uh, so definitely um, has been adversity, like I said. Um, but I've learned try to step into that role, uh, do anything that coaches ask me to, and uh, I think I've done a pretty good job this year. Would you have gotten into it with the North fans last year? I mean, we were at the game. I put the video out there on social media. There was some backlash, people wondering, mm -hmm. but full context, I mean, those fans were riding you all game and heat of the moment. But would you have done that maybe as, as a 10th grader? I think so. Um, like I said, I've been around North my whole life. Um, I used to practice there all the time in AAU. I know all the guys. Uh, we're all super close. At the end of the day, it's all love. Um, but like I said, basketball, so it's the one spot where I go to just release all the emotion, you know, all my energy. Uh, you know, it's really my one happy place that I know I can just go and be free and be me. Um, so it might have gotten a little out of hand that night, um, but like I said, I'm just having fun with the game. I mean, we're all rooting for the rematch, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all won. I mean, is that what you would like to see Saturday night at Target Center? You For guys sure. against North? For sure. I don't think that there would be any another better way that we could go out than having a rematch, us versus North, uh, on a Saturday evening, uh, midday. Um, I think it would be packed in there. Uh, we'd love to do it. They'd love to do it. Um, it'd be a good time. How often do you think about your performance in the prep bowl? It comes back to me, uh, you know. I see, you know, I see uh, highlights come up here and there, uh, you know, just on my timeline. And definitely, I go back and I reminisce. Uh, that was just such a good, fun time. Uh, I haven't had a time like that in a while. Just to be able to win the state championship, uh, like I said, so much adversity had been gone through that season with injuries throughout the team, uh, you know, throughout myself, you know, with the injury. Uh, so winning that was. It was extremely special. Where are you at in terms of whether you'll play another year of football? Um, right now it's up in the air. Uh, as far as high school, for sure. Uh, after that, uh, I haven't really decided. Uh, I'm not sure of myself. That's going to be a conversation that I have with my parents, uh, with coaches going forward, and uh, I think we'll make the right decision for us. But for sure, just to clarify, for sure you're going to play at least one more year? I mean, you'll play your senior year at quarterback? I'll play my senior year for sure. Was that even a tough decision? Not at all. Um, I knew I was, I've always known I want to play football. I knew it was going to be tough to give it up. And uh, this is it. Because um, once you get to college, you kind of got to go one route or the other. It's really hard to manage both of them. So uh, I told myself I kind of want to pick one, uh, you know, when I get there. So I'm going to have fun this year uh, and just kind of let loose, let it all out. Um, hopefully get another ring. And uh, like I said, we'll see what happens. Knowing how competitive you are, I mean, is it safe to think that you'd like to end your high school basketball career with four state championships? For sure. Definitely. Um, I, I was a little salty when I didn't get in my eighth grade year. Uh, you know, definitely when I didn't get in my seventh grade year. Uh, so once I got it the ninth grade year, I was like, all right, I can still do the clean sweep. You know, I can still get four. Um, hopefully get two for football and, uh, and just kind of close the book on my high school sports career. And the beauty is next year in basketball, you guys are opting up to Class 3A. Yeah. So the challenge is that much greater. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, that's, that's what we've been hearing from everybody is you guys can win in 2A, but you couldn't do it in 3A. Uh, you guys don't play no competition. You don't have to earn your rings, and that's definitely not true. Uh, 2A definitely has some talent, some well-coached teams. Uh, but like I said, we, we, we want to embrace it all. 
Uh, so I think moving up to 3A was the right move for everybody. Um, great for the school, great for 3A, um, great for the MSHSL, and uh, we want to make it happen next year as well. If you guys were in 3A this year, how would you fare? I mean, DLSL is going to look different next year with no Terry and no battle. They would, they would look different. I think it would have fared just fine this year. Um, like I said, DLSL is a great basketball team. They gave us a great fight, uh, and that was an excellent game. Uh, playing on the island, the environment was excellent. Uh, you know, we played great. They played great. Um, that was definitely a fun game, and even that matchup in a state championship game would be great. Um, but like I said, we're focused on 2A right now, focused on finishing out this year uh, strong and with another championship. Where are things at on the recruiting front? Um, right now, things are kind of have died down a little bit uh, from a couple months ago. Uh, you know, I'm still in contact with coaches, uh, but not as much. Um, Football-wise, I've heard from a couple offensive coordinators, uh, you know, a couple QB coaches, uh, but that's not too heavy right now. So it's kind of relaxed right now, uh, just continuing to weigh my options and make sure I make the best decision for me and my family. You did take an official visit to Gonzaga. This is our first chance talking to you since that official visit. Mm -hmm. How did it go? It was great. Um, I loved everything about it. Uh, you know, I left. I, well, I went into it. Uh, you know, trying to see if I could find anything, you know, that I could say, all right, this is what I really don't like, um, you know, something that would hold me back, and I really couldn't find anything like that. Uh, so, like I said, that's a great program, great coaching staff, great city. Um, so, like I said, but I'll continue to talk with the coaches, talk with other coaches, and make the best decision for me. Kentucky coach John Calipari was here a couple weeks ago. What was mm -hmm. that like? That was crazy. Um, like I said, this, this school hasn't really seen much of that. They don't really have these kind of coaches come through, so... Anytime that coaches come through and show love and talk to the guys and talk to the coaching staff, you know, I think it's great, not only for me, but to get the exposure to those guys. Will you take, I mean, do you have some other visits in your mind that are almost lined up? I mean, are we talking Florida, Georgetown? Mm, I have a couple in mind, none that have really gotten lined up yet, though. Um, right now, my sole focus is kind of on the state tournament. After that, you know, I'll contact coaches and you know ask what the plan is you know if we can get anything lined up uh, to get my five for my junior year over uh, so I can take full advantage of that before my senior year um, but right now just patient and focusing on state. How'd you go in a sec? Am I nuts to think that the Gophers coach you have the best relationship with is actually PJ Fleck not Richard Patino? <laughs> yeah it is uh, PJ is my guy um, he's energetic uh, you know, always has something to say, you know, in a good way, in a good way. Um, but that that's a great guy. But Patino, uh, you know, I'm real close with him. I'm real close with Coach Jeter, uh, you know, a couple of the guys on that staff too as well. So I'm always around here. They're the hometown school. Uh, you know, they'll always be in the top top of my decision choice. Uh, so we'll just see going forward what happens. You said some coordinators and coaches football-wise have reached out. Who specifically? Mm, Georgia uh, has reached out. I, I got an offer from them. Uh, earlier this year, uh, Tennessee, uh, Chris Winkie has reached out. Has, that's how you say it, right? Yeah, Chris Winkie. Yeah, yeah Chris Winkie yeah. has reached out to me. Yeah, he's got um, ties here. Mm -hmm. Not Michigan. here specifically, but St. Paul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michigan State, uh, Coach Salem uh, texts me every once in a while. Um, Alabama here and there. Uh, and there's a couple other ones Minnesota, Iowa State, uh, you know, here and there. And I'll leave you with this. Okay, so then basketball wise, so Gonzaga, Kentucky. And then who else? I mean, is it Florida, Georgetown, Kansas? Am I forgetting anybody? Um, Iowa State, uh, Marquette, definitely. Uh, Iowa still hits me up. I have a great relationship with those coaches. Um, a couple other schools hit me up here and there. Um, so, like I said, it's a lot, kind of hard to remember at times, um, but I'm having fun with the process. 
Jalen Suggs Jr., Mini Haha Academy, one of the better athletes this state has seen in many, many years. By the way, if Mini Haha Academy wins tonight, they will play tomorrow at 1 o'clock. It won't be a night game. 1 o'clock tomorrow for the 2A championship on 45 TV. One other basketball note this segment, actually two, some of the schools, colleges, recruiting athletes at the state high school tournament are at least watching Notre Dame. Ryan Humphrey was on the podcast earlier this week. Ryan Humphrey, former Wolves player from Notre Dame, assistant coach. He is at the tournament. Ben Johnson from Xavier. Dave Thorson from Colorado State. North Dakota was spied. Northern Iowa and UW-Milwaukee. So those teams that aren't playing have every reason to be at Target Center to recruit. So many good Division One-type players on display this weekend at the Boys State High School Tournament. One other Wolves note. Forgot to mention this earlier. Christian Wood was claimed off waivers by New Orleans. So New Orleans had pecking order over the Wolves. But the Wolves did not put a claim in on Wood. I was asked that a bunch on Twitter. Did the Wolves put a claim in? Did they try to make a waiver claim? On Christian Wood, the answer is no. When we come back, Billy Turner, new Green Bay Packer. It's the final segment of the Scoop Podcast here on 1500 AM. Score North, scorenorth.com. The Vikings were not in on former Moundsview High School offensive lineman Billy Turner, but the Packers were. So were other teams like the Cardinals, the Bills, the Broncos, and Panthers, but he signed with Green Bay. He was a four-year starter at North Dakota State after his days at Mounds View High School. I caught up with Billy Turner the other day. Billy, let's just start with training here. I mean, there's no such thing as an off-season in your world, is there? No, not in this profession. It's a year-round job, which, you know, on the outside looking in, a lot of guys don't really realize. I mean, a lot of people would say, what do you mean, like March? Isn't that a great time to go escape, go take a vacation, ramp things up when you, in this case, get to Green Bay mid-April? But no, I mean, you need to be working hard February, March, into April. I mean, yeah, it, you get an off-season, you know, don't get me wrong. You, you have time off from uh, the team and whatnot, but if you expect to show up to camp and to be in prime shape and, you know, be in position to uh, go out and win games and to compete for championships, then it's a year-round job. you got to work out you know, day in and day out. And we texted, I mean, you're here for like many hours. Is the key, I mean, even looking to September, October, that when you're playing in the fourth quarter, the key is that you have great stamina, that, that you're not tiring there in the fourth quarter? I mean, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely plays a part in it. But, you know, every athlete in this profession and in any profession trains differently. So, you know, not everyone is in the gym hours and hours a day. Everyone's body is completely different. But personally, for me to be in, you know, prime shape and, and to be in, you know, the position that I want to be to be successful, I need to put the work in. So, All right, take us through the free agent process. How crazy was it? Uh, I mean, it's always crazy. It's free agency in the NFL, you know. You see a lot of different things happening, a lot of things, you know, from a fan perspective that, you know, you don't ever really expect. I mean, Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns last week, you know what I mean? That was kind of one of those things where, you know, on the outside looking in, even as a player, you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's a, it's a crazy time, but at the same time, it's a, it's a fun time depending on if you're in the right position. Well, and you were in a great position. Was it a fun time? Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, definitely different than uh, the year before. And you know what? I ended up with a great organization because I had a, you know, a good year. And, you know, kind of like I told the, the media when I was in Green Bay last week, you know, every year that I've been in the NFL, I've gotten better and better. And I think, um, you know, the team that I ended up on and the contract I ended up with, you know, has a lot to say about that. I mean, when you and your agent were, were going over things going back a few weeks, I mean, did you pinpoint, did you think Green Bay would be a team that would have interest? 
I mean, personally, I, I didn't really know. I, I wasn't allowed to communicate with any teams. You know, uh, there's the soft period or the tampering period that they call it, which was last Monday, I believe, when, you know, everything kind of kicked off and my agent was allowed to communicate with teams. So, you know, we had an idea then, but, you know, you never really have an idea up until that point. You can have a lot of speculation. You know, a lot of guys will write reports and things of that nature, but you never really know until it happens. All right, so the Packers make the offer. Did you have some other offers? I mean, did you have to decide quick on multiple offers? I had other offers, yeah. Um, I mean, free agency began last Wednesday, so it wasn't like, you know, I, I needed to take a large amount of time to think about it. You know, I had the offers on the table, and picking Green Bay was, you know, the best fit for me, and that was where I wanted to be, so I made the right decision, I believe. Why are they the best fit? Well, one, they're close to home. Number two, they got one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game on their team. Um, you know, but other than that, I think that system is going to be something that I can play into with the new head coach, Matt LaFleur, and the new guys that they brought in. I think I'm going to be successful in that system, and I'm going to be able to use my athletic ability to my advantage. Do you think you start right away at right guard? I mean, that's the plan. Wherever they want me to play is where I'm going to play. It doesn't matter if it's right guard, left guard, right tackle, left tackle. I can play all positions, and I think that was part of the reason that they did bring me in. Yeah, I mean, you think about a guy like Balaga who's got a little bit of an injury history. I mean, I guess that's the beauty of you, right? Yeah. I mean, you're right, expounding that. I mean, outside of center, mm-hmm. like you legitimately can play four offensive line positions. Yeah, I mean, I've started at every position throughout the course of my five-year career so far. And, you know, I've been, you know, decently enough successful at each of those positions. And I think that played a big role in why Green Bay brought me in because, you know, if you have guys with an injury history and you never really know what's going to happen throughout the course of an NFL season. We had a lot of injuries last year in Denver, and I ended up playing multiple positions. So having someone, you know, on your team that can go in in a jam and play any position is really helpful. You bounced around a little bit, right? I mean, Miami, Baltimore, first stretch, Denver. Is there a sense with the contract you signed that maybe you have a little bit of a long-term home now? That's the plan. The plan is to stay there for a while, to be successful, and hopefully have another contract in four years. All right. I mean, considering your dad's history, friends, family, have you gotten some grief that you signed with the Vikings' number one rival? I mean, grief? Not really. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, happy for me. Um, Looking back to all the messages and, you know, all the stuff that was sent to me, there's definitely people who said they're still going to be Vikings fans. But you know what? I'm sorry to hear that for for them. That's their that's their choice. It is what it is. Is the comeback? I mean, the Vikings had all sorts of cap issues that a lot of us thought the Vikings might have some interest with the Gary Kubiak connection. But I guess the Vikings really didn't have much interest in the end. You know what? It is what it is. And like I told media in Green Bay, they're going to have to deal with me two times a year now. It is what it is. How much better? I mean, you said you've gotten better each year of your career. How much better have you gotten over your career? I mean, there's no real number to kind of, you know, compare those two. But, you know, personally, from a standpoint of me showing up to the offseason program, showing up at training camp and going throughout the course of those last five seasons, every year I felt more and more comfortable. And whether that was bouncing around from position to position or just feeling more comfortable in one position with things that I've been doing, you know, each year that I've shown up, it's been better and better and it's been able to snap back quicker and quicker. How much pride do you take in being a local guy, Mountview High School? Your name still resonates, obviously, a ton in Fargo, that, that a lot of people associate you with Minnesota, with the Midwest, you know, specifically then into into North Dakota, into Fargo with your, with your Bison days. I mean, it's definitely a 
a cool thing being a you know a hometown guy and being able to play around these parts now like I did in high school and college but I mean at the end of the day it really makes no difference. I have a lot of goals and a lot of dreams that I still want to accomplish in this game. And, you know, regardless of where I've ended up in my career, you know, I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to be. And I ended up in Green Bay for the next four years, and that's where I'm supposed to be. What are those goals? What are those dreams? I mean, there's plenty of them. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, I want to be uh, I want to be a dominant force in this game. I want to be a pro bowler and I want to win championships. You know, I want to I want to be a part of a great team that's going to go down in history to be, you know, one of the greatest teams to ever play the game. I mean, you touched on briefly. I mean, one of the greatest quarterbacks the game has ever seen. I mean, what will that be like blocking for Aaron Rodgers? It's going to be fun, man. I mean, from the outside looking in the previous years watching him play the things that he does with the football in his hands are you know incredible he uh you know if he has time he does special things and even when he doesn't have a lot of time he's kind of like Houdini with the football in his hands so you know it's definitely going to be fun to be on the other side you know yeah competing with him and not competing against him due to time I need to cut it off right there I did go a little bit longer with Billy the full interview is available on the sports page on KSTP.com. Former Moundsview High School offensive lineman, new Green Bay Packers offensive lineman. His dad played for the Vikings in the 80s. Billy Turner. Billy Turner, new Green Bay Packers offensive lineman, likely starts the season at right guard. A few other Vikings notes. They did not make Marcus Sherrills an offer before he committed to the New Orleans Saints. They did make Trevor Simeon an offer before he committed to the New York Jets. Quarterback Sean Mannion is still on the Vikings' radar. May visit here, but he won't visit here anytime real soon. That's because the league meetings begin on Sunday in Phoenix. Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer today at Kentucky Pro Day in Lexington. So if Mannion visits the former Rams quarterback, it would either be late next week or the following week. But Mannion's still very much on the Vikings' radar. Free agent offensive lineman has 15 starts in his career going back the last few years with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He can play center, he can play guard. Tyler Shatley in today for a visit with the Vikings. All right, we are done. That does it. Scoop podcast episode 214 is in the books. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.